It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Hello and welcome to the latest episode of Tribe Supper. I'm your host, Andrew Musgrove, joined by Dom Shaw and Craig Johns. Plenty to talk about in the world of Middlesbrough FC. I'm going to go right back to earlier in the week and the defeat to Bristol City before, of course, finishing with some more positive news and the victory over West Brom. But Craig, from the optimism that we went into that game against Bristol, what went wrong? Or was it just a case of a bad day at the office from Middlesbrough? Yeah, in, in, in some respects it was. It was just a bad day at the office in terms of you know where it mattered most and that's you know in, in both boxes essentially. I think when you look back at the performance, Middlesbrough, you know, dominated the game, they had most possession, uh, they were better in possession, they had the territorial advantage in terms of, you know, who was progressing the most uh, on the pitch. But at one end, conceded two sloppy goals, which were avoidable. At the other end, um, kind of a, a tale of two halves, where um, first half, the final ball was, was very poor. Um, given the strikers not much opportunity at all. Second half, they created more than enough opportunities and finished the game with 21 shots at goal, but couldn't finish the chances. So ultimately, a day where you know a, a, a lack of execution ultimately cost them. And um, yeah, it was as simple as that, really. Just like you see, an off day. Do you think that Chris Wilder got the reaction he wanted, given the result of the West Brom game? It wasn't as easy as perhaps it should have been. They started the game very well, but obviously we were, we were taken a little bit by surprise by by the goal from West Brom. But on a whole, the right reaction from the, the group of players, do you think? Yeah, I think so, definitely. Like you say, I think they've, they've ultimately shown character there, haven't they, yet again under under Chris Wilder. The, 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 uh, Bristol City was only the third defeat and, um, you know, the first one you can put down there, it was just his second game in charge. Um, and, and, you know, then Blackburn and Bristol City have been the two games where there have been genuine promotion contenders and, and with that brings added pressure. Um, and, and so, if you like, Blackburn was the first time they faced real adversity under Chris Wilder, Bristol City the second time. And the really encouraging and the really promising thing is that, you know, both times they've, they've you know, come back from that adversity and they've, they've stood up to it and, and, and bounced back. And, you know, that's, that shows great character. 100%. Um, Dom, what did you make of, you know, the, the contrast, I guess, between what happened at Bristol and what happened at West Brom? I think West Brom was a big game because obviously you didn't want to um, have successive defeat to the first time under Chris Wilder, which was obviously a real possibility at, at half-time. Um, and although West Brom have, have been in poor form, in desperately poor form, you, nobody have, nobody would have envisaged the, the way they've slumped. Um, that you know, They're still a very talented group and 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 you could see that they were quite in the first half. They looked well organised, and you know they were obviously just going to make it difficult for Borough. Um, but I thought, yeah, as Craig said, there the reaction to, to get a win from that. And Borough have, have won. There's a fair few games now where the manner of the way 
Borough have won the game um, has just served to kind of further build this this unity and, and feeling of momentum as well. There was obviously the win at, at Blackpool. Um, there was the uh, you know there was that stretch where they were scoring the late goals. Um, and it just felt like this team didn't know when they were beaten. And then to come from behind in the second half against a, a rival, you know, I think West Brom could have drawn level on points for Borough if they'd, if they'd won. So although they've obviously been on a slump, if West Brom had won in midweek, they'd have been absolutely back in amongst it. Um, and, and obviously it's only it's only with a blessing of time that we, that we now know this, but the results elsewhere have all gone against Borough this week. Had Borough not turned it round, it could have turned into a very damaging um, round of fixtures, especially you know the way it turned out on Wednesday night with the late goals. Um, it, you've, you've got to be pretty relentless at the minute, haven't you? There's a lot of teams in good form. Huddersfield, I keep waiting for them to fall away there and staggering form. I think it's 16 unbeaten now. Sheffield United, you know, um, talking to Nath who covers them for Yorkshire Live this morning, he's looking at second and thinks they can they can get across the automatic promotion places. So we are at the stage where Borough just need to keep winning, I think, and. Um, that was massive on in midweek. Just on the reaction from from Wild after losing to Bristol City, as you mentioned there, Craig, you know you can, the amount of defeats Wild has suffered at Borough. You know you don't really even want to have to write home about them. But is it important that he gets that balance right? That you know the reaction. You know, okay, you lost to Bristol City. It wasn't the result we wanted. We expected, but. It's not. It's not a massive deal in the grand scheme of things, you know. I'm just wondering how important you think that balance is, and, and, and did he get it right? I mean, obviously Middlesbrough won, but going forward, if they do suffer another defeat, which they, they will at some point, no doubt, how important is to not blow things out of proportion? Yeah, absolutely. I think he's spot on there, and I think he's you know kind of reflective um, post-match reaction to to Bristol City was you know indicative of what was. A, a good performance, all things considered, with the exception, as I said, of, of that execution in the final third. So, you know, but you could see clear differences in in that defeat to the Blackburn defeat, where obviously at Blackburn, you know, it, it was a poor night for them and the ball didn't stick. They didn't play anything like uh, to the standards that Chris Wilder has set, whereas Bristol City was just, you know, ultimately a, a, a good performance with the exception of that that little final bit, the final piece of the jigsaw, if you like. So it didn't feel like a game where, you know, he needed to blast them or anything like that. And as you see, I think, you know, he, he was instead reflective and you, and you take into consideration the fact that that was just a third defeat in, in, in 16 games, I think, was it? And, uh, you know, that's an incredible record. And for Burrett to have turned things around in the way they have under Chris Wilder, um, you know, I think that the, after a performance like that, they didn't necessarily deserve the blasting that they got after Blackburn. And I think, you know, that was further highlighted going into a West Brom game next, where, you know, they obviously win that game on the night, move them back up to sixth, albeit with results 24 hours later, moving them back out of the playoff places. But nevertheless, it, it highlighted just how incredible the turnaround has been for Borough because of course West Brom were the last opponents of, of Neil Warnock's reign. And, you know, at the end of that 1-1 draw at the Hawthorns at the end of October, Borough slipped the 14th in the table. And and in less than four months, you know, we're now more than, um, you know, we're now really in contention for a playoff spot and, and, and have a really good chance of doing that. So, uh, yeah, I think his reaction was, was fair on Saturday. I don't think he needed to blast them after that. 
Yeah. Well, we'll, we'll look at the, the actual table in a moment because it's so tight there. And as Don mentioned there, even Sheffield United, our colleague who reports on them, they seem to be eyeing up that automatic place, which means if Sheffield United are, there's a good chance some Middlesbrough fans will be as well. We'll just mention uh, Riley McGree. He got his first goal for Middlesbrough, Dom. What have you made of his performances of late? I thought Madrid was excellent in midweek. Um, he, you know, making his first start. Um, he, he, I thought he, he was calm on the ball. He, he seemed to, I, I always think it's a sign of a good player. He always looked like he had time on the ball, even when he didn't. Um, he never rushed, never panicked. His pass for the, for the opening goal to, to Tavernier was was brilliant. Um, but the thing that impressed me was in stoppage time, Borough counted twice when West Brom were kind of committing bodies a bit. Um and, and McGree was the most advanced player. He'd have scored if, if first Sporar, I think it was, and then Watmore played him in, but both kind of... Uh, Sporar held on a little bit too long and then Watmore opted to go for the corner. Um, but, you know, McGree, bearing in mind it was his first start for Borough. And I know he's played, you know, it's not like he's come lacking match football. He's spent the first half of the season playing for Birmingham every week. But um, he, 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 he was away with Australia... He had he tested positive for COVID. He came back and he's he's been used from the bench. So it's you know you, you could you could forgive him a little bit of rustiness, um, but he was full of running, full of energy. I thought he was excellent, and it and it presented it presents the obvious and dilemma as to what what Chris Wilder will do when Matt Crooks comes back because Crooks will go straight into the team. You'd think um, it'll pull McGree out, but then you know Marcus Tavernier is going to play. I did a piece earlier this week. You do wonder whether he'll move Tav to the left and play him as left wing back, um, like he did in the second half when he made those changes. You, you kind of no fault or no, uh, not necessarily criticism aimed at Neil Taylor, but he, he hasn't provided the same uh, attacking outlet as Isaiah Jones has on the right side. That's because he's a defender playing as a wing back more than a winger playing as a wing back. Um, and I just thought Borough looked more balanced. Um, you know, it means that they're not overly reliant on Jones on the right side. There's a better balance, and you know, Tavernier changed the game on that level. The, 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 obviously, the change the, 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 it wasn't Tavernier alone that made the change. What more and Sparan, the energy they provided, obviously made a big difference. But Tav obviously um, made the first, scored the second. I think he's a good fit on there. Stuart Downing on Sky was saying that he always thinks he's always seen Tavernier as a, as a wide player. Um, so it'll be obviously Crooks is out this weekend, but it'll be interesting to see what he does moving forward, Wilder, with that. Yeah, and just just picking up on that as well. I mean, obviously he made that similar change at Bristol City as well, uh, with Tavernier going to left wing back, but it didn't quite work as well there. Uh, I mean, Tav Tav was able to still attack that wing like he did um, in in the win over West Brom, but I thought at Bristol City it did actually make them a little more defensively vulnerable. Um, and, and I think that's one thing, you know, as Dom says, it, it, it is obvious to say that Neil Taylor doesn't have quite the same, you know, attack mindedness as as Isaiah as Jones on the right. And it does leave Borough looking a bit unbalanced. But Neil Taylor does have that defensive solidity as well. And, and perhaps that, you know, in certain games allows Jones to bomb forward more with Borough comfortable knowing that Neil Taylor is happy to sit back a little more. So it will be interesting to see what happens after Barnsley at the weekend when Crooks, when Crooks is back available. Um, I, I do wonder if perhaps that switch of, of Tav to left wing back is an option, but an option for later in games and, and kind of to start games off. 
uh, you know, they might look, or Wilder might look to be a bit more defensively solid and, and look to, you know, take control of a game uh, in the early stages before then, you know, going for it like that, if, if needs be, later in the game. Plenty of positive selection dilemmas, which I, no doubt will only be welcomed by Chris Wilder and Millsborough fans listening to this. Uh, please do remember to like and subscribe to the podcast. It just means we can get the show out to a wider audience and leave us a review and rating as well if you get a chance. The game against West Brom, it, it, it was enjoyable and it, it, a bit of a strange one though as well because Middlesbrough started really well. Um, and then West Brom came in and, and as you said, Craig, they just frustrated Middlesbrough. But I, d- I didn't think Middlesbrough played particularly poorly after you know after they, w- they went behind. And it would have been interesting to have been um, in the dressing room at half time and hearing what Chris Wilder had to say because you know you can you can pick maybe a, a thought or two in in the goal, but I thought overall you know the first half performance it didn't tell the full story of the, of the result at half time. No, I think that's really fair. I think, like you say, I almost think of that game as a, as a game of three thirds rather than two halves, like we would normally say, because they did, they started really well. They were looking the better team and they were dominating possession, like as they looked to do. But within that, they were struggling to build much momentum because, um, you know, it was it was as bad a refereeing performance from Michael Salisbury as as, as I've seen ever Um you know, in my time covering football, it was a shocking, shocking refereeing performance. And um, it, it did kill a lot of momentum for Borough in terms of attacking. And then, you know, West Brom get their goal and it, it was a bit out of nothing. And it was, um, you know, it was a bit of a freakish goal, really. I think some people were maybe a bit critical of Gail Fry um, in the way that he was beaten by Andy Carroll. But of course, that came from the unfortunate flick of Johnny Housen, who'd, who tried to make the, uh, the defensive header before him. Uh, so I wasn't too critical of Fry for that. And, um, you know, then it, again, some critical of Paddy McNair, but I wasn't critical of him for that. I think he, he made an honest attempt to make a clearance from the initial cross. And, and unfortunately, it fell to a, um, to a West Brom player. And and I think the one thing after that was, as, you know, the fell behind, pressure was on after losing to Bristol City. I think up until half time for the kind of next 15 minutes, I think there weren't, you know, they weren't bad, but they did start to lose composure a little bit and uh, they went long perhaps one too many times um, as they got a bit edgy and shaky in possession. Um, and, and clearly frustrations were growing with with the referee and the official. Um, and, and so Wilder said himself in the post-match that, you know, half-time was all about calming the players down and asking them, you know, to get back to playing their still stuff. And, um, and and forgetting the referee, you know, if the referee isn't going to give you anything, overcome that and find other ways to win. And, and ultimately, that's what Borough did. You know, as Don mentioned, that Wilder made those changes on 55 minutes, uh, the two strikers, Spora and Watmar, coming on and adding that bit of spark up top and the formation change going to 3-4-3 all helped Borough ultimately turn the game around. And in that final third, they, they managed to get the equaliser and they only ever looked like one team winning the game from that that point we don't want to concentrate too much on the referee but there was that decision very early on when jones is basically rugby tackled to the floor and, and yeah. somehow the referee didn't give it the linesman didn't i it was part it was probably more the linesman's fault than anyone else's because the referee was a bit of a distance away but it was just it was just an utterly bizarre performance from the referee and you know we need the officiating to be better you know in the championship 
with so much riding on on a result like that, you know, if Middlesbrough had lost that, like you say, West Brom would have gone up and matched them on points and what have you. So it's a massive game for bad refereeing performances. But we, we shall move on. I, I want to just ask you, Dom, about Sporo. He came off the bench. He's been missing through a, a non-COVID-related illness. And I felt watching him, he wasn't his, his usual self. And maybe that's understandable with whatever he's gone through over the past few weeks or so. He just looked a bit off the pace um, and some of the decision-making didn't seem to, 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 to be to be the right choice when it came to passing a hole and not he was holding the ball. We mentioned there the, the run from McGree later on as well where he held on to it. So what did you make of his return to action? Yeah, you agree with maybe the decision-making at times. You wonder whether with that, that last one, he was just kind of desperate to score himself. Um, he went on his own when he, when he could and should have laid it off. Um, but I, but I think him and Watmore changed, helped to change the game when they were introduced up front. I, I, do, I do think Borough look a better team with Watmore and Sparrow up top than, than they do Conley and Balogun. Um, you know, Conley worked hard. It didn't work for Balogun, did it? It just he was he was quiet. I wasn't surprised when he was the player when he was the player replaced. Um, you, you know, after Bristol City, where the Wilder felt, you know, he, he, that he's going to get... Well, he was, he, he was either happy with what he saw from his strikers on Saturday or clearly felt like, you know, he, he told them what he wanted from them and wanted to give them the chance to put that into and put that into uh, into place. But um, one more, if he's fit enough to play, I think we've seen more than enough over the last four or five weeks to suggest Borough just look a better team when he's, when he's up front, um, scurrying around, pressing from the... Pressing from the front, not letting the defenders settle, um, bringing others into play, bringing the runners into play, um, and Spira, uh, yeah, you know, we, we, it might well have been not quite hundred percent after missing the weekend. It'll be interesting to see what he does with his team on on Saturday. I think because he, he doesn't change it, does he? Or very rarely makes a change. Um, again, you would think that the team picks itself. Obviously, Crook's missing. The, the team picks itself, other than other than the front two, um, and I think that's that's going to be the interesting selection again, and, and probably not just this Saturday, but, but for the rest of the season, really. I think Balogun probably needs a goal as well. I don't know whether you agree, Craig. I think he because you can see you can see the, you can see how classy he is and how how talented he is, but he just hasn't completely come together yet, which I suppose is to be expected when you consider he's a kid and this is his first loan in. You know, it's his first taste of championship football. It's his first taste of regular senior football. Um, so, so that's to be expected. And we know how much Chris Wilder rates him. You know, he tried for eighteen months or so to sign him before he finally brought him to Borough. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree with that. I think when you say he needs a goal, I think that's uh, you know fair. I think um, Wilder kind of defended him after the game on on Tuesday night and had suggested that you know that. It, a big part of his disappointing performance on the night was was to do with the you know the players around him and the way they were playing the ball into him. He kind of said that he'd asked Balogun to be a number ten on the night, drop a bit deeper and, and receive the ball. But in doing that, Burrow absolutely hammered balls into him, and that, and that didn't make it easy for him. Um, that was kind of what Wilder had, had said after the game. But I do think watching him at times, Balogun, and you can see that there is, as Dom says, there's clear quality and clear ability there with him. But at times he, he he looks and and he can probably 
and will have gotten away with this playing for Arsenal's under 23s. And and I think that's important as well to remember that this is his first, as Dom says, loan spell, playing senior football. Uh, he's obviously played a bit of senior football at Arsenal as well, but not regularly. And, and and not in the championship, which is obviously a very different beast to the to the Premier League. And you know, just once or twice he maybe tries, you know, a fancy flick when that might not be on, or he'll he'll try one or two more touches than he perhaps needs uh, and, and gets dispossessed, pushed off the ball. And uh, in, in, in some ways, I, I wouldn't mind seeing Balogun kind of almost go back to basics, uh, keep it simple, forget the fancy flicks. Hold up the ball when he needs to, but quickly bring play, uh, teammates into play. Uh, because we've seen when he does do that, you know, we I think of you know his assists uh, against Coventry, wasn't it, where he came off the bench and changed the game. You know, there's the, there is obvious quality there, and um, you know he, he can be a dangerous, threatening player. Like Dom says, I think a goal will probably do him the world of good. Yeah, certainly goal. It just boosts players, doesn't it? And especially strikers when um, maybe that's what that's what they need. Um, Let's look ahead. Well, actually, before we look ahead to, to Barnsley, just how important, Craig, was it that when Middlesbrough drew level, they, they smelled blood, I, I think, and, and you, you you saw everything ramped up, you know, from the sidelines, the crowd were up a level, and they, they went out and they made sure they made uh, West Brom pay. And when you are a team fighting for promotion, when the margins are so small, You've got to be able to do that, haven't you? You've got to to be able to to take um you know take that opportunity and make the most of it. Yeah, absolutely. I think Don mentioned the word unity um earlier on in the podcast, and uh, you know there is that real united feel around the place at the moment from the the fans to the team and to the coaching staff. You know, everybody is pulling in the di- in this same direction. Everybody feels good about what's happening at Middlesbrough right now. It is such an exciting time. And as you see, you, they got that equaliser. Uh, West Brom, because of their form, are a team kind of, you know, nervous anyway. Um, and, and, and as you see, Middlesbrough went for the kill at that point and, and it had the, the kind of technical ability and the the right characters in, in, in the likes of Dom, um, Duncan Watmore, as Dom's mentioned, you know, who, who just never gives defenders a moment's breath. He's just at them constantly. And, and you know, like you say, they went in for the kill and, and, and it worked. And, um, you know, that's, that's such a good thing about Burr. I mean, that was a, a seventh straight win at the Riverside for them. Um, which is, you know, the, the the best home record for for twenty four years now, and it, it all adds into this incredible feeling around the club at the moment. That's to help in that home record and helping the Riverside become a very tough place for teams to visit, which is what Chris Wilder said in his you know his unveiling press conference when he was first appointed manager. He made a point of saying he wanted the Riverside to be like that, and it already feels like he's you know he's achieved that. Um, and, and, and yeah, what's so pleasing is that those seven home wins have come in different ways. They've they've had games like Coventry where the Paps weren't the better team on the day, but scrapped it out, grounded out and got the win. They've had games like Nottingham Forest and Bournemouth uh, where they've just, you know, absolutely from minute one to minute 90 been the better team on the park, passed the team, dominated the game. Um, passed the team off the park and, and and won you know fairly comprehensively despite what the scoreline said in both games, um, and then you know they've had games like West Brom where they've had to come from behind 
uh, a couple of last minute winners. They've just got so much spirit, so much mentality, but also that technical uh, technical ability to match as well. And finding different ways to win games is is always the sign of a good team. Yeah, 100%. Great to see and long may it continue. Um, we'll look ahead to Barnsley. We'll mention the table. And um, as I said, we would. It's so tight for those teams chasing the playoffs. And many of them, as we've mentioned, probably will have Bournemouth in their sights. So where will we go down to? We'll start with uh, we'll start with Coventry in ninth, um, fifty points. Luton in eighth, fifty-one. Then we've got Middlesbrough at fifty-two from thirty-two in seventh. Then Sheffield United fifty-three points from thirty-two games. Then you've got Blackburn, Huddersfield, and QPR all on uh, sorry Blackburn on fifty-four. Then you've got Huddersfield and QPR on fifty-six with Bournemouth second at the moment on fifty-eight. Fulham you would say, are pretty much away with it, Mitrovich scoring for fun. Um, Dom, you mentioned there what our colleague down in Sheffield said, Sheffield, uh, covering Sheffield United said about looking up and, and thinking that second place is achievable. If they're thinking it, surely Middlesbrough must be thinking about it. Yeah, um, I, I, ex- I kind of expected Bournemouth to do what Fulham have done, really. Um, but they haven't. I know I think they've won the last, they've won the last three Bournemouth. Um so, so they're getting back on track again now, but but and they do have games in hand. So you you still look at the table and think Bournemouth, you know, I think they've played thirty games. Huddersfield, two places below them, have played thirty four. So it's still Bournemouth to throw away, isn't it? I, th- I think for Bury, you'd, you'd have to say a playoff a playoff place is obviously absolutely achievable. I still stick by um, what I said a few weeks ago, and it'd, it'd be a real disappointment now. I think if Bury didn't make the top six, just because of how good we know they, they can be and how well they've played over the last few months. Um but but I still think you'd 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 you know you'd be brave to bet against Fulham and Bournemouth being the two um going up automatically. I think it's the battle for for the playoff places that's really interesting because you can't see past Sheffield United where they're playing. Um Huddersfield, as I say, I think it's 16 unbeaten now. I would never have seen that. In fact I think Borough were the last team to beat them when when Borough won there. Um and Borough was superb that day, but Huddersfield were very average, and you would never have predicted at that stage that they'd that they'd go on a run like that. Um, but given that run and the fact they won at Fulham last weekend again, like I mean, I keep expecting them to fall away, but they're not. Um, that was a big win for QPI this week. You worry, and I say worry because it's obviously Mogger, and I'd love I'd love Blackburn to finish in the top six, but you worry about them, don't you? That, that obviously. The manner of that defeat at Sheffield United was 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 worrying for them, and I think they look the team that are vulnerable in that top, in that uh, in those four playoff places at the minute. Um, Borough are only two points behind them with a game in hand. Forest Forest seem to have evened off a little bit, but Luton are flying. Uh, Luton, I think, are the team where you know you look at the teams outside the playoffs, excluding Borough. They're the team that are going on a real charge and, and are probably still somewhat under the radar, whereas Forest. Just seem to have um, leveled off a little bit after their charge, um, but yeah, it's it's going to be. I mean, Matt, if I if I was put not put on the spot at the minute, I think I'd say QPR, Borough, uh, Sheffield United, and 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 probably Huddersfield, just because of that unbeaten run. As I say, even though I keep expecting them to fall away, but I think I think they'd be my four for the playoffs if I had to pick at the minute. Craig, would you agree with that, or were you going to throw another team into the mix? No, I, I think that's uh, I think that's spot on from Dom. I think, like he, he mentioned earlier, I think you, you know for Burrich, just 
a case of keep going, keep accumulating as much points as they can, and 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 you know the the more wins they can get, the 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 you know the kind of more they solidify their their stake for that top six. And you know, I think you you kind of went down. Was it ninth you started with Coventry? Um, you know, I think even below that, like West Brom, they're in terrible form at the moment, but there were signs from them on on, on Tuesday night, and uh, you know, signs before that as well. If Steve Bruce can get that going. They've got the quality there. You know, they've come down from the Premier League and um and they've still got many of the Premier League players. If if Steve Bruce can get that winning formula, yeah, you know, we always see a team go on a late surge. Um and, and so you know there's still a lot of points to be uh, you know to be won uh and lost uh between now and the end of the season. So um but yeah, I would agree with uh overall. I think Dom's Dom's four looks like the the safest bet. And, and I think as he said, you know, Bournemouth, particularly with the business that they did in, in January, um, you know, there'd be serious questions asked of, of Scott Parker if if they didn't manage to finish second. Certainly going to be an interesting well, to, just to just to jump in. Um I don't, I don't think there's anything to fear. And I know Sheffield United are going on that charge and Huddersfield are 16 unbeaten. Um, and QBR have been there all season, but you know you look you look at play. I, th- I think we've discussed this in the past. You look at um, playoff campaigns in the previous years where Brentford were by far and away the best team going into it last year, for example. Um, the, the the year when Borough were looking to get in it, and and you know you you had Leeds and Villa, it might have been, and again they were so much stronger than Borough if we're honest with ourselves. Whereas this year, I don't think that's the case. I think every team around the, the playoff picture would go into it confident at the minute or absolutely so I think you made the point a couple of weeks back didn't you Don? I think it might have been after the QBR game that we, you look at since Wilder took over with the exception of that that off night at Blackburn Borough have you know beaten all the teams around them except that one night at QBR where they drew 2-2 but they were by far and large the better team and it was just a couple of individual errors on the night that cost them all three points. With the exception of that, they've beaten all the teams around them. So, you know, if you bury, you're going into those playoffs and you, you're not fearing anybody at all. I guess with that in mind, though, that you then have to make sure you're beating sides like Barnsley when you play them, which they do this weekend, bottom of the league. But they got a good win against Hull. And, you know, you you know certain people um, will still be writing them off, but others will be looking at that and thinking, hey, you know, Nine points from safety, you can't wipe them off just yet. You know, as we said, Craig, I think it was last week or the week before, any side in the championship, you know, anyone can beat anyone and you've got to be on top form to make sure you don't slip up, especially against these sides fighting for their lives. That's it, yeah, absolutely. And of course, when it gets to this stage of the season, you know, they are fighting for their lives and so they've got a lot of play for you. You mentioned the win against Hull. But, uh, you know, they recently beat QBR at home as well. And, you know, QBR up there, that's, uh, they are a good team, as we know. And, and you know, Saturday had just gone. They, they, they were beaten 1-0 by commentary, uh, but but only, I think it was a 94th-minute goal, I think, was it, that, that, that beat them in the end? So, you know, it, we mentioned Coventry earlier and the win that Borough got over Coventry at the Riverside and how hard Borough had to work for that. I think, if, you know... It, Chris Wilder said a few times that you know that was a win where 
Middlesbrough come away with that feeling slightly fortunate. And, you know, he, he admitted if he was Coventry, if he was in charge of Coventry, he'd have left the Riverside feeling really aggrieved that that they hadn't won on that day because they were they did look a very, very good side. Uh, and as I say, Barnsley beat them at Oakwell last weekend. So, you know, um, just looking at did he had some quotes from their manager and he, you know, he's talking about that kind of home form and and uh, you know, trying to make Oakwell uh, which it is. It's a it's a difficult place to go with the uh, the terraces so close to the pitch and whatnot. So um, you know, they, if they can you know use that energy and um, and and with their kind of you know fighting spirit to try and avoid that relegation, they are without doubt a dangerous opponent. No one understands. Dom, how is this one going to end on on Saturday? I fancy Borough to win. Um, I think uh, Borough a lot of got that win in midweek. You know, whole whole have they got enough points to be safe? I think uh, they're going to regret that managerial change um, to get rid of uh, to get rid of Grant McCann and replace him with short rival Abzi. But um, I think Borough will just have too much. I think they'll win comfortably two 0 Craig, are you sharing Dom's optimism? Yeah, for everything I just said about Barnsley being dangerous, um, I think ultimately, you know, obviously Borough are a technically better team, and then it comes down to passed in that character test and that physical test um, and as we spoke about earlier in the podcast I think one thing that Borough has shown is that that spirit and that determination to grind out wins um, so it might not be the prettiest but I think they will you know, find a way, they'll, they'll, they'll be up for the physical battle uh, and, and they will find a way to, to get the win down there Fingers crossed we'll bring you live coverage of that through our live blog over on Gazette Live you can please remember to subscribe to the podcast and pass it on to your Middlesbrough supporting friends and family. That would be greatly appreciated. And any feedback to myself, Dom or Craig, it's very welcome. And you can find us all on Twitter. And thank you very much for tuning in.